Temperature uh, 31 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 79%. And that was the news at nine from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. Uh, I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Jenny Lamb. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. On today's programme, we're talking about uh, Chief Executive John Lee's visit to Singapore, the first stop of his uh, week-long trip to Southeast Asia on a tour which also includes uh, Indonesia and Malaysia. The trip is aimed at boosting Hong Kong's post-COVID ties with the ASEAN region, Hong Kong's second largest trading partner, and with the SAR hoping to strengthen support for its bid to join the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, the world's biggest free trade agreement. Mainland China, Japan and South Korea, commonly referred to as ASEAN Plus Three, are already members. With uh, Mr. Lee now in Indonesia, the Singapore leg saw the signing of seven bilateral agreements between the two sides in matters ranging from fintech to research, as well as the resumption of a civil service exchange programme. So which sectors are likely to see the most benefit? Uh, can Singapore and Hong Kong be both partners and competitors? After 9.45, we'll learn more about an upcoming young astronaut training camp in the mainland, with 30 secondary school students from Hong Kong taking part. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 Joining us now on the line, we have uh, Ho Lok Sang, a director and a research professor of the Pan Sutong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. And also on the line, uh, George Cawthorley, former vice chairman of the International Chamber of Commerce in Hong Kong. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. OK, great. If Perhaps if we could start with uh, uh, Holok Sang. Um, so we've seen the signing of uh, seven memorandums of understanding uh, during John Lee's uh, time in Singapore. Um, how important is that going to be in strengthening uh, cooperation between the two sides? Well, it's very important. Uh, uh, in particular, as we know, uh, ASEAN-China uh, trade has been going extremely fast. Um, it's, uh, it's a, a huge economy, too, um, population-wise and also growth. Uh, definitely, you know, it's uh, uh, an important growth engine, you know, for the world. Uh, um, I, I think uh, especially after the, uh, the implementation of uh, RCEP uh, last uh, January, uh, I mean January last year, uh, I think uh, uh, the, the world is all set you know, for um, even more rapid growth. So I'm very optimistic that uh, this is a very good start. So, George Courtley, we've always thought of Singapore as a competitor. How can we now prepare ourselves to be in partnership with them? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I, I think in some areas we may be able to uh, collaborate, um, particularly in the technology area, which is an area the government has flagged as where they want to make Hong Kong into a technology hub. Um, but I think basically 
Uh, and if there are things that we do that Singapore doesn't do, um, then then that's fine. But I think I think really we are competitors. I don't think you can get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Singapore is a small market, um, so in that respect, as 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 a trading partner, it's it's not significant for us um, in, in 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 terms of volume. Um, so I think I think we we certainly are primarily competitors, um, and I think we always will be. But you know, even with competitors, there are always areas uh, where where you can collaborate, and where you, where you jointly may be able to put together something which singularly you couldn't. Mm. Uh, yeah, Holok saying, what do you think about that? I mean, is, is it yeah. possible yeah, for I, Singapore I to be a that, partner? Uh, in and terms of competition, mm. you know, <clears throat> uh, John Lee is out there, you know, to uh, attract more talent and more... Uh, top companies to come to Hong Kong uh, and uh, lo- locate here at uh, uh, headquarters. You know, and in these two respects, I, I think uh, Singapore is a very, very, very tough competitor. It's attracting uh, talents uh, very with a very strong policy support, and it's also its uh, uh, overall business environment. I would say is. Uh, uh, very strong, you know, and uh, you you can look at, for example, the the cruise uh, industry. It has been so successful, you know, but uh, we, in in a sense, we're laggards, and we have lost to Singapore in that regard. And in terms of uh, headquarters, it's really uh, we are really behind, you know, by 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 huge distance. So so I think we we, we need to to catch up fast. Singapore's getting very expensive, though, isn't it? Uh, it's exp- getting very expensive because it's so successful. Mm. You see, and we, mm. we are lose- we, you know, our property prices are falling down because our, we are, our competitiveness are, are, are declining, you see. And that's why we, we really need to shape up, you know, because uh, uh, a lot of our policies, especially in the, in the, you know, in the property sector, uh, is really dragging our feet. And uh, I, I'm glad that... Uh, Hong Kong is now, um, uh, in a sense, uh, tr- uh, trying to and uh, getting more successful in uh, cracking these two bottlenecks. You know, one, one, one in terms of of uh, foreign workers. You know, uh, we have far behind. We have uh, been losing to Singapore because Singapore has no bottlenecks. You know, it has got. Uh, Huge uh, imported labour, and it's also very aggressively reclaiming more land. And so, for example, its housing uh, 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 standards are much better than that in Hong Kong because, uh, with a smaller population, its uh, residential uh, area, uh, its land area, is much bigger than that in Hong Kong. It's really amazing, you see. So, so uh, we, we, we are playing the catch-up game. So, George Courtley, what do you think? I mean, we, we are uh, the window into the mainland. Does that give us an, a competitive edge? Oh, I, I think very definitely, yes. I mean, the advantage we have, which Singapore doesn't, um, is that we have the China hinterland. So in the 70s, when our manufacturers found it too expensive to be competitive in Hong Kong, because we had a finite land and finite labor, um, they moved into China and were able to reduce their costs very, very significantly, become very, very competitive. So, I mean, I think if Singaporean companies, I think, I think the opportunity 
to collaborate with Singapore is for us to help Singaporean companies get into the China market because we know China much better uh, than they do. So I think that, that's, that's a, a major area. Of course, another important area, uh, as far as John Lee's mission is concerned, is to revitalize tourism. Um, Singaporeans to come back to Hong Kong again uh, with, with tourism. Of course, for this whole trip, the other important thing is, is to put our case to be a member of RESEP. That's going to be very, very important for our, us financially in, in, in the forthcoming years. Yeah, let's talk about RESEP. So, so how would that benefit Hong Kong, essentially, do you think? Well, it's, uh, I mean, we do have free trade agreements with many of these these countries. But uh, I think to be part of that, you're, you're, you're part of a big economic group. Inevitably, it's going to have benefits um, to business. You'll, you'll get benefits that you won't get as an outsider, just like UK has lost all its uh, benefits with EU by becoming mm. an outsider. Yeah, so the RESEP is, is, is a regional comprehensive economic partnership. This is the biggest free trade zone yeah. in the world. Um, Holak Sang, how does RESEP benefit Hong Kong? Well, I think um, you see, in particular, because uh, our, our, our trade with Europe, with the uh, uh, U.S., and even with the mainland has been declining pretty significantly. But we do uh, uh, see some, some growth, you know, with uh, uh, many ASEAN uh, country partners. And I think uh, uh, RCEP is uh, instrumental, you know, to that. Uh, uh, so, so I think... Uh, it's very, very helpful. Uh, if it had not been for RCEP, uh, our trade performance would have been much worse, I, I would say. Mm. Uh, and what areas, uh, what areas of our economy would uh, benefit in particular through uh, accession to uh, RCEP? Well, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, it's not just by, uh, about trade, it's also about investment. And I'm hoping that uh, we, we, we can uh, attract more investment, you know, because of our participation in, our, in RCEP. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, back to this um, um, point about Singapore. So, so we signed these uh, memorandum of understanding. They cover areas such as uh, the legal sector, logistics and technology. Um, as far as um, technology is in particular is concerned, George Quarterly, um, there's a lot of uh, promises um, in the Greater Bay Area mm -hmm. in, so in, in terms of, you know, offering our young people jobs, a new area to live in. How does this whole idea of the Greater Bay Area integrate with our enhanced um, relationship with ASEAN countries? Well, I think we are, we, are, we are experts in the Greater Bay Area, having been part of it. I mean, in a way, you can say... Hong Kong was instrumental in forming the Greater Bay Area as an economic entity because our manufacturers moved there at the end of the 1970s. So we played a very, very important role, um, and we could continue. I mean, many companies have uh, subsidiaries in the Greater Bay Area uh, doing various uh, economic activities, particularly manufacturing. I mean, the, the model for many Hong Kong companies in technology, because there are Hong Kong companies in technology, so, um, but, but, but we're, in, we're in the Greater Bay Area or in other parts of China. We don't do our technology except for initial development in Hong Kong. Um, we do the manufacturing part in, in mainland China. So that's where we can partner with Singapore entities that want to get into 
technology manufacturing in China um, because we know the ropes and, and we can probably give them better outcomes. I mean, many years ago, Singapore set up uh, a, a, a center um, in Suzhou, um, and it was a, a deal that was negotiated between uh, um, Premier Li, uh, the elder, um, and uh, Zheng Jimin. Um And it uh, offended the local uh, government um, because they weren't part of it. So that area was a total failure because the local government set up their own and drew in everybody. Um, and in the end, Singapore had to exit that quite ignominiously. Um, so they need they need Hong Kong companies uh, to partner with because we have we have the necessary experience. Okay, uh, uh, Holok Sang. So I, I know you have to go in a couple of minutes. Uh, uh, so how about that point? Uh, we've yes, got we've got yes, the experience. I, I, yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, I agree very much. Uh, in particular, because uh, um, uh, we can trust Singaporeans, and Singaporeans trust us. And I think so. So we are good partners, and uh, you know, um, um, we, in in a sense, we are learning so much from Singapore. And I think uh, um, there's uh, a lot of uh, understanding that uh, uh, Singapore is a very good partner, and also um, both Singapore and Hong Kong people are awakening to the opportunities uh, that are arising in the Great Greater Bay Area. Uh, this is a relatively uh, recent phenomenon, you know, because in the, in the initial uh, time, a lot of people were looking at the Greater Bay Area with a lot of suspicion, and, you know, uh, they're saying that, oh, oh this is just a kind of uh, rebranding the, uh, the Bell River Delta, you know, it's nothing, you know, but, uh, but you can see that uh, the, the, the central government and also the uh, the, the local governments are very serious about it, and so we are working together, and we are actually uh, getting more and more initiatives that uh, are making the Greater Bay Area a much more integrated and uh, uh, working together kind of uh, uh, enterprise. So, so I, so I think it's got a very bright future. Mm. Great. Okay. All right. Well, well. Um, like I say, thanks very much for speaking to us uh, on the program uh, this morning. Yeah, I know you have to uh, leave okay. us now. That was uh, that was Holok Sang, a director. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, Holok Sang is the director and research professor of the Pan Tong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. Uh, George Cawthorley is, uh, is still with us. Uh, George, we, we spoke quite a lot uh, during the pandemic about uh, the number of Hong Kong uh, businesses that were moving their, uh, well, a uh, number of international businesses moving their regional offices to Singapore and so on, uh, um, uh, apparently largely because of uh, travel restrictions it was particularly difficult to travel in and out of Hong Kong uh, during that time. Um, uh, have we seen any uh, evidence uh, since the turn of the year and things opened up that uh, you know, uh, uh, some of those people might be coming back? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I, I had heard uh, from one or two people who uh, do do business down in Singapore, in the Hong Kong people, that, that there were still uh, Hong Kong companies moving people and entities down into Singapore um, so that seems that has not has not stopped um, I would have thought though that some of them must have come back in terms of those who moved personnel down that that was that was basically a, a temporary arrangement um, so that uh, their families could have uh, a, a better 
you know, more freedom to move out of Singapore than they could moving out of Hong Kong. Um, so I think those companies that have done that are probably going to move people back. But companies that have physically moved, uh, I mean, you don't usually move that fast uh, and, and do a U-turn that fast. So we have probably lost them. So we have to we have to find new companies to come to Hong Kong. So I think, I mean, an important part of, of John Lee's uh, trip, I mean, not only to Singapore, but also Malaysia in, in Indonesia, mm-hmm. is to try and get companies there to come and invest in Hong Kong with the view that this will help them uh, with business in China. I think that's the model that, 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 that we need to use. Right. Um, so uh, the chief executive, of course, has uh, since Singapore traveled on to Indonesia and uh, President Wododo, one of the things that he mentioned, other other than, you know, the hope for partnership, etc., is protection of Indonesian people in Hong Kong, which, of course, we know many of them are working here as foreign domestic helpers. Is that is that a... Um, that relationship with Indonesia very different from our relationship with Singapore, do you think? Well, I mean, we, 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 don't, we don't have Singapore domestic helpers here. That's exactly. So, so, that's, so that's, you know, I mean, but that would, that would apply to the Philippines. It would apply to Thailand because you've got Thai domestic workers. I mean, that sentiment would apply everywhere. I mean, I think the other thing, I think the last time John Lee met uh, Widodo um, was at one of these regional conferences, and uh, he asked John Lee for Hong Kong to buy more from Indonesia. <laughs> so, so they were more interested in what we could buy from Indonesia, I think, than, than what we could sell them. But what, what, what? How? So, how does it benefit Hong Kong to have um, closer ties with Indonesia? I mean, you know, if they they want us to buy them, well, well, <laughs> the well, way around. Well, I mean, uh, uh, you know. They still need things from Hong Kong. We can still provide things, particularly China-sourced um, uh, uh, items. Um, but but you can see what their sentiment is. Um, but but that doesn't mean to say we can't try. And I think Hong Kong businessmen have been very alert um, to to opportunities. I mean, uh, we've been doing this for 50, 60 years now. Um, so I think in terms of selling into ASEAN countries, um, there are probably few stones that have not been un- unturned by Hong Kong businessmen. Um, so in terms of what Hong Kong wants to get from those countries, and unless there are areas that have been out of bounds to us, where the government can talk government to government and try and open those up for us. Otherwise, I think um, it's a question of uh, inward investment into Hong Kong. Um, that's probably, and of course, there are tourists coming to Hong Kong. What about Malaysia? Of course, the sea is travelling to Kuala Lumpur, in fact, later today. What what hopes do you have in terms of uh, greater partnership there? Malaysia should offer some services opportunities um, because we have similar systems. We have a similar legal system and similar accounting systems. So I think those... Those businesses may have opportunities, if they have not already taken them, um, to open up uh, in, in Malaysia. Same in Singapore. But Singapore is such a small market um, that it may already be too fiercely competitive uh, internally uh, for it to, to be easy for Hong Kong companies to go there. But I think, I think in those countries, you know, uh, particularly Singapore and Malaysia, uh, services should be an area 
um, that, that we might have some opportunities. Mm. Just going back to Singapore, one of the uh, agreements that was signed uh, while uh, John Lee was there was uh, uh, the resumption of the uh, civil service uh, exchange programme. Um, wh what do you think about that? How significant is that? Well, I think it's probably uh, pretty significant. I mean, I, I remember years ago um, talking to a quite senior Australian politician. Um, this, is, this is before 1997. Um, and uh, he was saying that he talked to his English counterparts, and he said, or British counterparts, rather. And he said, you know, we both have the same opinion. We feel the best civil services in the world are in Hong Kong and in Singapore. Um, so uh, there's obviously not lots that can be learned from Singapore, and they felt there used to be lots to be learned from Hong Kong. That's probably still true to some extent with, with Hong Kong, but I think it's good uh, that, that they've got this agreement. And, and of course, um, earlier in the year, the chief executive um, also was in Saudi Arabia. Um, so Saudi Arabia, you know, they, they finalize um, some new ventures and port management, etc. So do you feel that the whole sort of Hong Kong um, a role as an economic hub is now just going to pivot away from the West and basically um, into the Middle East and ASEAN? Well, I think, I mean, basically, as these various economies grow, obviously, we want to be increasingly part of them. So I don't think it's a pivoting away. I think it's accumulation of, of more opportunities. I think one should look at it in that perspective. And I think certainly businessmen will look at it in that perspective. We won't want to ditch what we've already developed, um, but we want to acquire uh, new opportunities. And as the Middle East grows wealthier, I mean, they're very wealthy anyway, uh, um, but as they develop further and give us further opportunities, and particularly, for, again, for their investment in Hong Kong and to help them into China. I think this is always a very important uh, aspect of what we can deliver to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. the, the Singapore um, Business Association, this is a Hong Kong-Singapore Business Association, yeah. says that Hong Kong businesses should think about setting up offices in Singapore. Do you see that happening? Well, I think, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see, you know, if there are the, there are the appropriate opportunities. Um, I mean, you just don't set up an office for the sake of setting up an office. And frankly, I would think, actually, that over the years, most Hong Kong businesses that have the opportunity of doing business in Hong Kong will already have done that. So I don't, I don't really see much expansion of Hong Kong business with, into Singapore. Um, I see what we should be doing is trying to help Singapore into China and, and take our cut on that. Mm -hmm. So in terms of uh, uh, Singapore being a, a competitor, as you, uh, as, as you say, there maybe there are areas that uh, Hong Kong and Singapore can cooperate on, but um, one of the areas of competition, of course, would be for, for top talent, and it's not just those two places. Many places in the world are competing for talent. So, um, um, what, what do you make of the, two, the comparison between the two schemes that we've got here in Hong Kong and they've got there in Singapore? I mean, ours... Hong Kong's uh, looking for graduates from the world's top 100 universities. Uh, um, there is also another another category uh, of reaching, um, having earned two and a half million dollars uh, annually uh, before coming here. Um, Singapore's um, earnings um, requirement is roughly similar: thirty thousand Singapore dollars a month. Um, um, how do you compare the two schemes, George? 
Well, I mean, I'm much more radical on this issue of, of foreign labour. I think we should have we should have an open market. Um, our, our biggest our biggest hurdle is 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 our rental <laughs> and the cost of accommodation. Um, so so that in a way is is a barrier. I mean, I, I think we should just allow uh, people who want to come to come. Um, because it's a very, very competitive world. We shouldn't put anything in place, any barriers in place. Mm. Do you do you do you feel that um, you know this Hong Kong talent scheme? I mean, I, th- I, th- I think that up to some, the chief executive said up to sixty percent of them will will be um, approved, and the um, uh, application has been overwhelming. Um, most of these talents um, are from the mainland. Um, do you feel that uh, Hong Kong can compete against Singapore in terms of attracting talent from the rest of the world? Um, I mean, I think we both have very similar problems in terms of the cost of living now. Um, so on, on, on that scale, I don't think you know, there's, 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 we're disadvantaged from Singapore. I think basically it's, it's whether we have the opportunities. Um, do we do do we have the businesses, the types of business that people want to come to Hong Kong for? Do we? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I, actually, actually, sorry. Uh, hold that thought. We'll we'll return to that in just a moment because we're going to take a short break for a news summary and a, a couple of uh, government uh, announcements. Uh, uh, but let's just uh, have a quick look at the weather first. Uh, mainly fine today, apart from one or two showers. Uh, extremely hot. Top temperature around 35 degrees in the urban areas. A couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Uh, isolated thunderstorms late, later. The outlook uh, still very hot tomorrow. More showers gradually and windier later. Uh, Currently it's 31 degrees, uh, humidity 79% and the very hot weather warning is in effect. New summary with Stu Pryke. The nation's top diplomat Wang Yi has made his first appearance in his second spell as foreign minister. Mr Wang has been representing the nation at a meeting of BRICS security officials in South Africa. He replaces Qin Gang who Beijing removed yesterday. A former Macau lawmaker says the administration there failed to properly consult the public before launching a now-abandoned plan to build a 28-metre statue at a picturesque reservoir on Colowane. And a court in Belgium has convicted eight men of crimes including murder and belonging to a terrorist group for their role in Islamist bombings in Brussels in 2016. 32 people were killed and hundreds more were hurt when suicide bombers targeted the airport and a metro train in attacks that were claimed by so-called Islamic State. And I'll have more news for you at 10 on RTHK. Extreme weather. Severe landslides. A chain of disasters. Don't think this kind of disaster only happens in movies. In recent years, extreme weather has caused severe landslides around the world. So please, listen out for landslip warnings. If disaster strikes, everyone could be in danger. We should cooperate with the government's emergency response plans. Buying properties outside Hong Kong seems easy. But if you don't fully understand the risks, it may turn into a terrifying ride. The guaranteed return promised by developers may not be delivered. Pre-sale units may not be completed on time or even remain unfinished. Different places impose different restrictions on non-local buyers. Research thoroughly before deciding. The Housing Bureau reminds you, 
Beware the risks of buying properties outside Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on two double three double eight two double six and have your say. And welcome back to Backchat with Jenny Lam and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we're talking about uh, John Lee's visit uh, to Southeast Asia, that trip that, that, that included uh, Singapore, uh, Indonesia and uh, Malaysia. Um, with us uh, on the line still uh, George Cawthorley, former vice chairman of the International Chamber of Commerce in Hong Kong. And also joining us now is uh, Alan Zeman, uh, founder and uh, chairman of the uh, Lang Kwai Fong Group. Uh, just before we... Uh, uh, Alan Zeman, good morning. Good morning. Good yeah, morning. Ju- just before we uh, uh, come to you, Alan Zeman, um, we had to cut off uh, George Cawthorley just before the news. So, Jenny, please yeah, uh, so continue. Yeah, so, George, you, you were talking about, you know, one of the key points is, does Hong Kong have the right kind of businesses that can attract talent um, as, a, as opposed to Singapore? Do we? Do we have the right kind of businesses? Well, I, I mean, areas where... Uh, we're short in, in terms of the accountants are now saying they don't have enough staff. IT is an area where it doesn't have enough staff. We want to be a technology hub. We certainly don't have the pool of people. Um, so we're going to have to import them. I mean, the, uh, the government is making provision for 17 science parks. We haven't got enough talent to fill 17 <laughs> science parks. So, yes, I think you can say uh, definitely we do, we, we, we do have opportunities for people to come. OK, um, Alan Zeman, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we went into quite a lot of detail uh, before the break. Um, but uh, the, the, the big question, I guess, is, uh, um, is it possible for Hong Kong and Singapore to be both partners and competitors at the same time? What do you think? Well, I think that's, uh, it's actually happening at the moment. I think Singapore is the second largest uh, uh, trading partner of Hong Kong, um, second or third in, in, you know, in recent years. Um, I think that uh, the emphasis now is on the ASEAN market. And, and uh, of course, the, the, the ace in the hole for Hong Kong is we are one country, two systems, and you have uh, China uh, in, in the background. And, and that's the, the big kahuna, basically. And so I think Singapore is great for the ASEAN market, but uh, many companies in Singapore want to do business in, in China. And, uh, and they're using Hong Kong, one of the companies that was just featured when John Lee was there with the team uh, in Singapore, you know, uses use Hong Kong as uh, their, their springboard into the China market. And so that's something that really is very, very strong in China's, in, in Hong Kong's favor. And uh, so I think, but uh, for sure, they can be friendly competitors, but they, they really work, do work together. I think the media's made more of the competition basis uh, than really is happening. You know, during COVID, many Hong Kong people left. They were unhappy with the government. They were happy with some of the policies, and they left, and many moved to Singapore, and, and some of the... Uh, businesses uh, went as well. What's happened now, if you look at the figures coming back, uh, many are moving back to Hong Kong and uh, many companies are coming back to Hong Kong. So I think, uh, you know, I think I think Hong Kong has a great future ahead of it because of the China market. I mean, you you do with the Lan Kwai Fong Association and you're saying some of the businesses are coming back. Can you give us some examples of these businesses that are back? Well, I, 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 can, I can say that uh, there's a number of businesses uh, that we've seen. Um, I don't want to mention them on the, on the radio here, but I, I do know there's a number of businesses that have come back, and a lot of executives 
in the financial industries. A lot of bank, banks uh, staff working that have left that, that uh, left Hong Kong during the COVID are moving back. Uh, I don't want to again mention names, uh, but I can I can tell you there's there's uh, a good amount of people. I've I've been at many of the consul generals. Uh, uh, national days, Australia, even the U.S. National Day, and uh, the Consul General had said, "There's good news for everyone uh, here. We are seeing many, many American companies and Americans moving back to Hong Kong." Said that clearly to everybody that was there. Same with the Australian Consul General National Day. Uh, the Consul General uh, also said that uh, they're so busy stamping visas. Same thing happened to the Canadian. Uh, <laughs> And, um, National Day. So I, I, we're seeing uh, we're seeing a lot of, of uh, things happening in Hong Kong. I know there's a lot of pessimism, but uh, I can tell you, quietly is happening. Well, what do you think happening. the decisive factors are for these people to come back? Well, I think uh, many people move to Singapore thinking that uh, it's uh, it's the good place where you, you've got democratic freedom and and all the other things that were bandied about at the time. Um, I think when they got there, if you read the security laws in Singapore versus Hong Kong, they're a lot stricter than Hong Kong. The rules and regulations of doing business in Singapore are a lot stricter than Hong Kong. It's a very good economy. I'm not criticizing it, but they have their system that really works for Singapore. And so a lot of them saw after COVID uh, restrictions were lifted and they saw Hong Kong bouncing back pretty quickly, um, a lot of people decided, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I miss Hong Kong. I'm coming back again. Some of the same thing happened in 1997 uh, during the handover when uh, many people left Hong Kong. In, uh, in Lang Kwai Fung, many people were saying goodbye to me in 97. We're moving to wherever, Canada and, and uh, uh, London, UK and the other places. And then two years later, I saw those same people in, in Lang Kwai Fung. I said, oh, you're here basically? No, no, no. We mo- we're moving back. <laughs> and and uh, so, uh, so it, it's I've been here long enough to see this happen over and over and over again. And so I'm, I'm never pessimistic. George Gottley, yeah. you agree? Do you see people moving back? Well, I mean, uh, personally, I haven't seen much. Uh, um, I mean, I've heard, as I said earlier, uh, that some people are moving back. I mean, I think people are moving back. Uh, whether businesses are moving back, I, I'm not sure, but... Obviously, Alan's talked to uh, Consul General, and, 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 and they know the detail much better than, than I would. Uh, Alan Zeman, one of the things that uh, George Courtley pointed out was that he felt that uh, it's this, it, it, about this competition for talent, that Hong Kong, basically, we don't have enough people in IT to fill our science park, and then maybe Singapore is more attractive to these you know, IT talent. So what do you right. think? George is right in that respect. I mean, because we're really slow in uh, in uh, in boosting our IT uh, in industries, uh, as we can see. I mean, just go to well, not only Singapore but Shenzhen. It's, it's, it's like the Silicon Valley of the world right now. And and uh, you know, but Xi Jinping, when he came here uh, last July first, well, the previous July first, uh, after the uh, for the 25th anniversary handover said that he gave orders to Hong Kong that we have to join up with Shenzhen and become uh, a, a international uh, technology city as well, you know, a brother and sister with Shenzhen. And I think that's very, very, that's in the future plans. I'm actually part of John Lee's policy 
uh, advisors going forward. Yeah. And I, I, I've been put into the uh, technology uh, um, group. And basically, uh, I'm just writing a report for how Hong Kong can get back in, in technology and how we, we well, what we must do, some of the steps we must do. I'm just re- reviewing it now. Uh, this is something that's very important. This is the future. And, and uh, of course, attracting talent uh, to Hong Kong in technology, unless we make uh, change the rules pretty quickly and show the world that we are moving up to the plate. I mean, those of us that have been to China, that go to China, I mean, when we get the National Day, you get the tourists from China coming here. I mean, we're still using Octopus and, and, and American, you know, credit cards and all the other uh, things. And, and there, everything is, you know, is, is done by, by mobile phone. Everything. You know, even if you have to pay a bill for or make, make any, any, any uh, hardship that China had in the past, it's all disappeared now because of technology. It's made their life easier. And that's something that we're far behind and we have to catch up quickly. You know, they, they, they don't even know how uh, tourists to come here. They don't even know how to pay for things because <laughs> they don't have, you know, that we have a totally different system. So that's something that the government knows. Uh, I've talked to the chief executive about it. Um, I have some ideas that I think could work, uh, things that China did, you know, China did that really helped the people there. And I think that's, that is our future. And once we really get serious about technology, um, I think we, we then will attract a lot of people. There are a lot of people um, from coming back from the U.S. to China, a lot of people in, in technology who have, who have finished university and are not staying there because of the political system or whatever other reason they have. And they are all, a lot coming back to, uh, to China to serve uh, in, in technology. And so, and, and uh, you know, we're lucky we will be building it in northern metropolis, uh, the uh, metropole, which will be a, a, a joint venture between Shenzhen and Hong Kong, which will be all an IT center. Um, you know, our science park is, is, uh, is really, for those of us of you that have not been out there, it's just amazing what has been built up in the short period of time. And, and I know we're talking about other science parks, but yes, I do agree. We have to get um, young people who are uh, who are proficient uh, in technology to uh, to make make become a big part of the system here. Sure. And it has to be government led. That's the most important thing. If we can, if the government, if we, we we do a few things to show the world that we are very serious about technology, you will have people coming back. Okay. Uh, we were talking in terms of international talent. We were talking about the uh, competition between uh, different places to attract it. Uh, Hong Kong's got the top talent pass scheme. Singapore have got what they call the overseas networks and expertise uh, pass and comparing the, you know, the merits of uh, each scheme. Uh, George Cawthorley suggested that, well, you know, there shouldn't be any limitations. We should just let anybody who wants to come and work here, we, we should uh, say, uh, okay, what do you think? Uh, I absolutely agree with George. I sit on on human resources committee as well and and I've, that's something that i've said as well I, I mean i think i think that the government is starting to realize that uh, because every every place in the world now is looking for talent the good talent basically and i think that uh, putting restrictions on is not really going to you know it sounds good uh, to to many people maybe who want to protect their industries or the, that kind of thing but i can tell you um we have to really open up and really be serious about 
bringing people in. I mean, well, there a lot of people have, uh, well, more than we expected, uh, have, have uh, already agreed to come to Hong Kong. But the problem, well, it's not a problem, but uh, probably about uh, 85% are, are from the mainland. And, I mean, they're very good uh, people as well. Uh, but, but I think we will still want to get a more international talent. Mm. That's very important. Okay. So there's a good mix. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, to the both of you. Uh, uh, Alan Zeman there, the uh, founder of the Lang Kwai Fong Group, and thanks very much to uh, George Cawthorley, a former vice chairman of the International Chamber of Commerce. Uh, so, um, uh, our listeners, uh, please stay with us, because uh, for the last uh, quarter of an hour of the programme, uh, in just a moment, we'll be turning our attention uh, uh, to another topic, uh, a different topic, and that is uh, an upcoming uh, young astronaut training training camp in the mainland with uh, 30 uh, secondary school students uh, from Hong Kong taking part. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. I'm Christine Choi, the Secretary for Education. Congratulations on the 95th anniversary of RTHK and many wishes for its future success. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. And we're joined uh, now on the line by Professor William Wong, uh, legislator and advisor to the uh, Hong Kong, sorry, Beijing Hong Kong Academic Exchange Centre. Good morning to you. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, so, so um, um, we're looking forward to, uh, to hearing more about, uh, about these 30 Hong Kong students uh, off to the mainland to join uh, an a- astronaut uh, training camp. Uh, so um, I, I believe there were, they were selected from uh, more than 160 students from 26 schools. Uh, what, can you tell us anything about the selection process? How were, they, how were the 30 chosen? Oh, we have a, a very strict uh, selection program, and all the all the students uh, have to present themselves uh, uh, on their views about this uh, 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 ast- astronomy uh, projects and their wish uh, for science and technology development. And they are very talented. Uh, and uh, we, well, unfortunately, we only have limited uh, space, uh, thirty spaces. 30, so uh, we cannot take them all. Otherwise, we, we could have easily taken 160, all of them. So uh, I'm, we're glad to see that uh, it shows that um, our students are actually, uh, uh, you know, developing more on the, uh, the STEAM or STEAM side uh, of it, mm. which is very essential uh, for the future development of Hong Kong. And and also uh, we in, in in our association, uh, we also. I've been trying to do a lot about uh, how uh, you know academic exchange uh, between uh, Hong Kong and the mainland. So uh, uh, one of the things that we want to show is about the uh, scientific development, scientific advancement of the nation. And as you see that recently for the past few years, uh, the success uh, the, the, of the space mission uh, of the country, uh, which is something that uh, the Hong Kong students should know more and and also that uh recently uh, the uh the, the the national uh uh you know uh, uh uh aerospace center has also opened up themselves to us 
to recruit uh, payloads experts. And uh, we have some. Th- we have a lot of applicants as well. I, and mm-hmm. I hope to see more. And I really hope to see that uh, in the near future there will be a, a, a what we call taikonauts, yeah. Chinese <clears throat> astronauts mm-hmm. from Hong Kong. One of the things that these um, kids can look forward to at this young astronaut training camp is a Mars simulation base in Qinghai Province. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? The simulation day. The Mars. Pretending to be basically living on Mars, can you tell us a little more about that part of the program? Oh, oh, well, uh, well, first the the idea of a space program is that because uh, in the future, the very long, 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 long future, uh, sometimes it, we expect. Well, we, we not expect that there may be a risk that Earth is run out of resources, and in the future. We have to start planning to emigrate to space and Mars. We're trying to now. We're trying to explore different planets and see uh, which which place or which planets is actually livable. And for this reasons, these space programs are very important to 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 to, hum, uh, to mankind. We're trying to find out uh, the whether the environment, the water, the air are suitable for us, uh, including the moon, uh, the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, Mars, for example, and therefore you can see that uh, there are a lot of exploration, uh, space exploration over in, in Mars, and and I think we, well, what we what what not only us but in the nation uh, the the aerospace program is trying to prepare astronauts or or, or, or scientists uh, ready to go to that far to look at to do experiments over there as as I said to see whether uh, that environment are suitable for. For, uh, for human being or, or, or other living species. How do you think this uh, astronaut training camp can expand to benefit more children in Hong Kong? Well, to have more, to, to, to open up, uh, to have more space for us. As I said, that to, to, to just, just for this time, we only have, uh, we have, we, we did actually have 160 or over uh, applications, but unfortunately we can take in 30. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, we, we can have more. And I think uh, I think this is um, uh, obviously if we get uh, somebody picked at the end uh, to be the to be a astronaut, to be an astronaut, it would be perfect. But even uh, even if they cannot make it, I think the, the education process itself is also very good. Not only they, that they they really learn about space science, but also they learn a lot about uh, you know the scientific development of our nation. In fact, we did a lot of things in making this happen. In making a Tycho knot, you know, on uh, the space station. We did a lot of work for the past 30 years in order to achieve that. I think I think we should be proud of it as 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 a, as a, as a as a as a citizen of Hong Kong, as a citizen of 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 the nation. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, this I is think, what we can achieve. Yeah, many many young people dream about uh, going into space. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, um, other than getting experience of what conditions might be like living on a planet Mars, uh, what else will these uh, thirty students be doing? Oh well, well I, I think they, a lot of people have a misunderstanding about uh, you know going to space. Uh, when we talk about uh, you know our payload experts. They are they are just scientists like normal scientists mm-hmm. like a chemist like a physicist physicists so but the the, the, the laboratory environment are different uh, the, the the conventional uh, physicists or chemists that you that we expect is to work in the lab 
in the laboratory in the university, for example. But now the laboratory is actually up on space. This is it. So you, you, uh, what, 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 the, what these scientists uh, have, have to know, are the ba- uh, they must be experts in their own area. That's for a start. But obviously, the, 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 the physics have to be good because they have to fly a long way and they have to stay there for about half a year or so to do these, to do, to do the, these things. So firstly, the first thing I, I have to remind all these uh, talented kids that we are not looking for, when we, we, we said about someone on, on space, working on space, we are looking for just any talented scientists and, and not... Not, not what they think that is, are scientists, which you have uh, your big, whatever, spacesuits with a big kind of, uh, you know, round kind of, kind of bulb thing. We're not looking for those things, those people, just normal people like, like you and me. You must be good in science in the first place. What, oh, we, do, what we do now, uh, as I said earlier, we have to prepare ourselves for 100 or 200 years later. What if the, the Earth is actually, the natural resources are exhausted so now we have to emigrate and to live on outer space. Are the environment good for us? Say, for example, since, since the, the gravity is light over there, the, the water cannot flow down. As you see, all these people are floating around on air. If the liquid cannot flow uh, the, the normal way as it is, what happened to our blood? You know, well, we have a blood circulation. If our blood circulation are not circulating as normal as we, uh, as, as, as we know in, on Earth, you know, how can we do what, what should we do to make it work properly? What about food? How can we keep uh, you know growing our own food on space? Are the are the environment good for us to grow uh, for some to grow about beans, rice? Okay, so we have to investigate those. Okay, other than the space program, do you see other um, training similar training camps in science and technology that can benefit Hong Kong kids? Uh, deep water, for example. In fact, we did very well. Uh, we have a submarine which actually uh, went down to deep, uh, you know, uh, a deep ocean, down to uh, ten thousand, well, nearly eleven thousand uh, meters, which was a record. And I think uh, uh, we're going down to the sea. And, and currently in Hong Kong, for example, we do a lot of marine experiment. But uh, we tend to look at, for example, uh, environmental issues. But in fact, it's more than that. You know, uh, if, if you go to, if you go outside Hong Kong, uh, there are a lot of research. When you go to um, marine research or deep sea research, they, they look at different resources and how they can turn into these natural resources like fish, like coral. How can they turn them into products, for example? How can they actually uh, extract the ingredients from them uh, for, the, for, for health, for medical, for example? These are something that we can investigate as, also, and China is doing very, and, and the mainland is doing very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more uh, in terms of academic exchange. You, you, you with the Beijing Hong Kong Academic Exchange Center. Do you see other areas that you know these sort of summer camps other than the space program that um, can be organised for Hong Kong kids? Uh, 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 well, for, for, for uh, another example is uh, for, for the kids. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, smart cities. So, uh, for just very a very simple example, uh, smart cities. Uh, a cashless payment is something we talk about, and that involves AI and AI, uh, AI technology. And they are and in, in the mainland, they 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 have big AI companies, and, and and actually our students can actually go there uh, to learn more about you know what. Uh, you know, technology like AI technology can do to the to do to, to do to the, our society. 
Is is there a sort of training camp similar to this astronaut camp that kids can can sign up for, or is that an aspiration of yours that we can have this kind of um, you know technology smart city um, exchange academic exchange? Uh, you mean in the university? Uh, at any level. At any level. Well, the, the, the training program itself is an example. There's a smart city ex- uh, training program. Oh, the smart city thing. Oh, uh, uh, not that we are working on uh, from our center, but uh, I know that schools, amongst schools, uh, organizations, they're working on that. Well, so what are what are some of the programs that your center is working on? Uh, we we are, uh, well we, we work in uh, the the, uh, the space program is one thing and 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 uh, kind of uh, AI program is another thing we actually uh, for example like competitions on uh, drone competitions uh, these are things that we we, we also work on uh, and that as uh, it's not directly re- uh, it's, it's actually uh, related to uh, related to smart city as well because uh, we we in the competition we encourage the students to use uh, drone technology or robotic technology and how to, uh, for example, uh, improve manufacturing and how to do uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, environmental uh, like fire detection, for example. These are all related to smart cities as well. Hmm. Okay, uh, Professor Wong, we, we can just go back just for a moment to the uh, astronaut training camp. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, uh, those taking part, uh, uh, they've got to have knowledge of astronomy, they've got to be physically fit. So uh, how much of it is theoretical and how much of it is practical? I mean, for instance, they're going to get experience of weightlessness? Well, currently in Hong Kong, uh, these students are more on paper, more theoretical. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, we do actually started to do some training as well over in Hong Kong to prepare these students on the practical side of it. But uh, I must admit that uh, 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 the mostly on uh, on the paper side, on the academic side of it. Uh, so uh, what we want to see really that through these through these uh, uh, pr- pr- programs, uh, they, the, the students also realize how, ca- how they can turn uh, you know, knowledge into practice. Mm. At your academic exchange centre, are you working with universities as well to, to well, you know, actually, at a the, higher the, level? The university parts are uh, actually the main part uh, of the of the of the centre. Uh, we do a lot of a academic exchange. We do a lot of uh, exchange, not uh, at any level mm. of, of of a university, in, including research program. We're trying to uh, bridge between uh, mainland university. Uh, and, 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 and Hong Kong and okay. work a lot on academician uh, a program. For yep. example, there are a lot of academicians in, in national academicians uh, in, in, in the, in the, in, in, in Professor the Wong, Professor Wong, thank you. So I'm, I'm sorry, we're out of time. Uh, uh, we're coming up to uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. So that was Pro- Professor William Wong, legislator and advisor to the Beijing Hong Kong Academic Exchange Centre. Thanks to Jenny. Thanks to producer thank Raphael. You.